met this six-year-old child in this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to another episode of Subconscious Rounds. I'm your host, General Lee. And for tonight, um, where do I begin with this one? I've been looking forward to this one since um, since I heard from uh, the publicist, Marie. Um, we have tonight's guest is an acclaimed author, a metaphysical teacher, a theorist and coach. He's also, which, you know, is super, super intriguing to me, is an NDE, a near-death experience survivor. Um, and the, the author of the, the Awakening series, uh, one of the books is The Atheist and the Afterlife, and the other being You Are Still Alive. Now, like it? Now, act like it. Now, act like it. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <Ladies There you. laughs> there Please welcome Ray Catania. Catania. Yes, sir. Thank you, General Lee. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. Thank you. Oh, nice one, mate. And and Vito, likewise. Um, I said, mate, I've been looking forward to this one. I can't wait for it, mate. Um, Let us have it, Ray. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Don't hold back. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah so I mean, I'll take you. I'll take you from the beginning of my story. Uh, the first book, "The Atheist in the Afterlife," that title um, is because I I was the atheist. I mean, before I had my NDE, I was convinced that uh, there could be nothing uh, greater or uh, no no God that would allow many of the things that happened to me as a young person and as a child. Um, uh, coming up from a home where uh, was very dysfunctional and uh, there was a lot of anger and trauma and, uh, you know, just um, just an overall ugly situation. So, you know, as a young kid, and I mean, in the single digits, I would, uh, you know, I try to hide for hours on end to stay away from a lot of the drama that was going on in my household between other family members. And, you know, sometimes it was successful and sometimes I wasn't, but the thing was, is that I was isolating myself. And it's, when you do that, um, it's almost like a form of meditation because you're, I don't know this, that I'm meditating, but you're literally, you know, if I'm hiding in a closet under a bed or in a basement or outside, I'm sitting and I'm staring at something for a very long period of time, um, you know, and, and, and you go into this meditative state, you know, as kids, we're in a theta state 
almost all day long anyway. That's our brain waves. We're, we're often in that theta state where we're taking in information. So being a kid and being in this, you know, I started to stare at a wall and, and I got to tell you, like, it wasn't long before I could start to see the energy in the wall. You know, when you start to strip away all the man-made things, the color was irrelevant, what it was made out of what was irrelevant. And, and what I started to see were the lines that were vibrating inside the wall. I could see what it was made up of. Now, this, really? you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I this went on for years. So, you know, if, if you think about the yogis, um, you know, in, in uh, India, they they would meditate for six hours a day, seven days a week. Well, this was essentially the same thing, maybe a little bit less because I was uh, hiding for, for this length of time. So I started to be able to see energy, which I didn't really think was strange. I just thought everybody could do this. Um, and, and when I, uh, when I, you know, later when I got a little bit older coming from, um, a home of chaos, uh, yeah. if you will. I would went out into the world as a, as a teenager and in my twenties, and I would look for chaos because that was my comfort zone. That's where I felt uh, normal, right? Uh, and if there, if it was too much peace and quiet, I didn't know how to navigate that situation. But you know, you give me total chaos, and I, I know how to navigate that's that situation very well. So I, 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 yeah, I looked for those things or, or if there weren't, I would create them so that I would have that feeling of comfort, right? I I had to be around it. So I, you know, I, I took some terrible jobs, uh, to say the least. I worked for some shady people. Um, and, and, and I used to up the ante and up the ante and, you know, just putting increasingly putting myself into scarier and scarier situations. And, each time I have to say this though, each time I was faced with my own death, I could, when I was in a situation where I could have or should have died, I did not because of one of those energy beings, uh, would, was watching out for me. And I'll, and I'll tell you how this happens. There was this one occasion where I was, uh, you know, like I said, I worked for some shady people and uh, there was a shootout in a bar and I, I was not involved in the shootout, but I was there and I, I hid behind the bar uh, and, and I, I don't think they knew I was there. I don't know if they knew I was there or they, it wasn't, but I'm trying to figure out how do I get out of this place without getting shot? That's, that's the only thing I'm trying to think of. So yeah, yeah. as I'm hiding the, this, this, energy being i is I, i'm gonna say use the word here but i'm not hearing it i'll try to explain that later uh it's a more of a telepathic communication and 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 it's saying side door side door and and i'm looking at the side door and i know that if i get up and run to that side door well the, sh- the shooter's gonna see me you can't miss yeah. me if i do that but i don't know what else to do and here it is again side door side door so I, I go for it. I've got nothing to lose. I go out the side door and then there's a long corridor that I got to run down. It's about a 40 feet, maybe 45 feet uh, before I get to the next door, which takes me out to the parking lot. Now, 
I never parked in that parking lot. I, I mean, all the years that I've been there, I've never parked there. This was the first and only night I parked in that spot right outside that door. Why? I have no idea. But as soon as I popped open the door, my car was right there. And this being has been there for me time and time again. There's, I, I recall even at the age of 10 years old, um, I was swimming in the ocean and my family was on shore, right? And um, the undertow got really severe and it kept pushing me out farther and farther to sea. And I couldn't swim and get back to shore. If I, I was, it was like I was swimming in place. And the lifeguard was, uh, went in to get some kids out on the other side. So there's nobody there for me. I'm just, it's, I'm on, I'm, I was kind of by myself and the lifeguards dealing with some kids on the right. I'm the only person on the left. So no one's looking at me and I'm going down and I start to panic. And I, I, here, but here he comes. I don't know if it's a he or she, um, this, this energy came back and filled my body and a total feeling of calmness took over my body. And he said, relax, swim sideways, take as long as you need, relax, swim sideways, take as long as you need. And that feeling of calmness, I just did it. I didn't question it. I don't know where the calmness came from because my heart was beating a mile a minute. I was panicking and I was ready to go under and die. And now I'm swimming slowly and I'm doing what he says and swimming on an angle. And eventually I make it to shore and it takes me a long time. And I'm way down on the beach now, way away from my family. They have no idea where I am. I don't know where they are. I start walking back. People are rushing up to me. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm a little kid. So, you know, I'm thinking stranger danger. I got to get the fuck out of here. So I start running, you know, and, and, and try to get back to my family, you know, but um, there's just been so many situations like that. And in both books, I tell stories of, you know, times where I should have died. And, and, and it was this, this being that bailed me out at the last minute you know and it sounds, sounds like uh, sounds a bit like a, you think like, like a bit like a guardian angel type yeah like a, a a spirit guide or 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 a guide or or a master that's 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 what i think and i'll give you my perception of the afterlife um because it's at the age of 20 when i have my nde and um this is a time where i'm still living at home with my parents and my kitchen is located just underneath my bedroom. So it's a two story house. My bedroom's upstairs and it's over the kitchen and our stove uh, runs on uh, natural gas. Right. So right. what, what happened was there was a gas leak in the stove that no one really knew about. And the gas yeah. was rising all night long while I was sleeping. So Ooh, I was breathing man. it in and breathing it in. Yeah. And, um, oh, it was, yeah, this is very, very, I mean, if you're breathing in it for hours, it's extremely dangerous. And so 
as I'm breathing it in the next morning, my mom must have got up and she turned on the stove to make breakfast or what have you. And, and instantly there were just flames as soon as she let it, you know, it was just the whole wall was on fire. And this, but you know, the thing is the way I understand the story is my father put it out with a fire extinguisher pretty quickly. So it wasn't the fire and it wasn't the smoke, but the gas was what yeah. got me the gas. So the fire's out, but the fire trucks are arriving and I hear the sirens and I hear the police and I, I, I want to know what's going on in my house. So I try to yeah. get up out of bed, but I, I can't move my legs and I can't move my head. Um, my, my legs feel like they weigh a thousand pounds each and my head, I can't get it up off the pillow uh, and I can't yell. I can't, my, I can't move my mouth. Some, some areas are just completely paralyzed and others are still working. So I know that yeah. something is severely wrong with me. Right. So I try to get to the edge of the bed using the one arm that was working hundred percent and, or maybe, I don't know, I guess 90% and the other one yeah. that was barely working and I'm pulling myself to the edge inch by inch. And a couple of times along the way, I pass out and I hear a, a noise from downstairs and it wakes me back up again. And after like the second or third time, I'm like, if I don't get out of this bed, I'm dead. I know this. I know I'm dead. And I pulled with everything I had and I tumbled out of the bed and I fell face first down and I hit the floor and it made a huge thump. And that that's yeah. when everybody was like, oh, shit, Ray's still upstairs. And, but here's the thing. When I hit the floor, my face, I hit face first and I knew it because oh, wow. I, yeah, right on my face and my, 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 my belly and chest was next. So, but I didn't, Shit, it, didn't <laughs> it didn't hurt. No, no, no. It didn't hurt at all. That this is the thing. Like I knew I hit the floor, but there was yeah. no pain, no pain. And it's because in that moment I was dead. The body was on the floor, but me, I was on the ceiling. And I'm now looking down on my lifeless body. I'm in a corner of the room and I'm looking down at myself and I'm not scared. If this is actually, it feels really good. In fact, it's almost euphoric. It is euphoric. Wait until I... Uh, that across the, the, the next, um, the adjacent corner. Okay. The it, picture a square room and I'm down by the side of the bed. I'm in one neutral corner and then diagonally across is the white light. The light is this, it's a huge white, like spotlight. Okay. That yeah. I can't even begin to tell you, um, how beautiful this light not only looks but but feels i mean yeah. it is it, it it feels euphoric it feels um like pure love it feels like pure energy and painlessness and you know everything every positive adjective you could possibly think of is what makes up this light. And as you go into the light a little farther and a little bit farther, that euphoria that you feel increases. And 
you know, I'll tell you, I've done a lot of drugs in my life. Nothing feels that good. Nothing feels that good. Okay. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. And I want to cross over. I want to go all the way through the lights, which looks like a tunnel to the other side. And at the end of the tunnel or light is the being that's saying, it's okay, Ray, you can come into the light. It's okay. And I feel like I'm safe. I can go. So I start to go. And in that moment, my father bursts in, kicks the door open and picks me up and he scoops me up off the floor and he's distraught and he's screaming for the paramedics. And, you know, I, I just, I didn't have a really good uh, relationship with him. You know, I didn't have, um, you know, what I wanted uh, in a, in a relationship. And when I saw him, you know, hug me, uh, you know, he probably hugged me five times in my entire life. And one of them is when I'm dead. So I really felt like, you know, there was that love that I, I was missing and I wanted to go back into my body. And I more yeah. or less asked the, the being, you know, I was, I kind of negotiated, can I go back is, you know, I really don't think I can leave him like that. Um, you know, and, and whatever I said, couple seconds late. Well, you know what? There's no time. I can't tell you if it was seconds or hours or minutes or what, but I wake up and I'm back in my body and I'm on the living room floor now. And the paramedics are all around me and they're working on me and they've got all their equipment and all their gear. And um, they're saying, bring up the truck, bring up the truck. We got to bring this guy in. Let's go. The truck, meaning the ambulance. And um, I'm like, guys, I feel great. You know, I, I'm the euphoria is still with me a little, you know? So I'm I'm like, guys, let me tell you, I feel fantastic. Let me tell you what I saw. Did you see the light? Did you hear the voice? And now they start looking at each other like I'm nuts. Okay. And uh, they're going to want, if I don't shut my mouth, they're going to take me to the wrong hospital and I'm not going to be able to get out of that one. So I, I decided to just shut the hell up and let them do their job and take me away and do what they have to do. Um, so, you know, that, um, but even after that moment, even after the NDE, I was such a skeptic that I chalked it up to, you know, you got to look at it this way. I had no computers back then, right? We didn't, they weren't invented yet. We didn't have the internet. I mean, or it was just being born maybe. Um, but I couldn't type in near death experience and nor did I even know what that meant. So, um, I just figured, okay, I'm not going to tell, I tried to tell my mother the truth that didn't go well at all. She told me that never happened and I'm out of my mind. Um, now my mother went through denial for a long time and I understand that this must've been extremely traumatic for her, right? Her son dies on her watch. That's not an easy thing to handle, but it wasn't until the book was published that she actually, we had a phone call and she said, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I, I didn't acknowledge, you know, what transpired. And she went on to tell me other details that I didn't even know. I actually was resuscitated four times, not just once. I only four knew. I, 
Yeah, it was four times before. Uh, I guess I was, I don't know, maybe I wanted to stay over there, but uh, I put up quite a struggle before I came back into my body, or maybe I couldn't get back into my body. I don't know. But, um, you know, it took that long for her to come to terms with the fact that, uh, you know, that, that, that it really happened. So anyway, I, um, you know, in my own mind, because everybody told me I was crazy. If I told them about the energy, I was crazy. If I told them about the NDE, I was crazy. So I'm just thinking, okay, I must be fucking crazy. So I'm not going to tell anybody anything. And I, I looked at it like this, the white light was the sun that was shining through the window. And I probably fell yeah. right. I know I fell right in front of the window and that 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 was the white light and i inhaled so much gas that i was stoned out of my mind and i was hallucinating and there that was the being and that was everything else that i saw and i made it all up in my head and and i and i compartmentalized it that way you know it was easier and i could just go back to being an atheist again and that's what i did yeah. but here's the thing when you're a person you know, that can see energy as a child and cross over to the other side where everything is pure energy and come back. They come with you. They came back with me. I had not just one. I had a lot of beings. And when I moved out of my house and I moved into my first apartment in my young 20s, and I'm like, this is going to be great. This is going to be, we're going to have parties all the time. Yeah. And we're going to have chicks over. This is going to be phenomenal. We've got all my friends. And none of that ever, ever happened. Because from the first day I moved in, that place was haunted. And I use that term. Oh, but shit. What it really is, is there's, it feels like the, it's filled with people. They're not haunting me, and I'll learn this later. But in that moment, I don't know what's going on. I'm just scared, okay? Because I can see lines flashing, like they go across the white walls. The walls were all, I didn't paint, so the walls were white. And I, I could see the black line shooting across. And I could feel the energy, like, push up against my body. Almost like you're in a, like you're in a, a bar or a pub and you're trying to make your way to one side to the other. And there's, you're walking through people and you're going, excuse me, excuse me. That's the way my living room felt. So this was crazy. I mean, this was really, really crazy. So now as a young person, I can't tell anybody this, right? No one's going to believe me. Everybody's going to think I'm out of my friggin' mind. So I turned to alcohol and drugs. What, why, why not? Because I'm, I'm, I'm in my twenties and I'm an idiot and it, it shuts, it turns it off. It turns it off for me. And that was the, that was the that was escape. It. Exactly. Right. It was the only way I could sleep. I had the worst insomnia when I lived there. It was so bad. I used to go to try to buy that narcotic that would uh, knock you out. And, um, the, the, even the drug dealer was like, what are you going to do with a hundred of these things? And I said, I'm going to get some sleep. That, that's, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> and he, he's like, uh, uh, okay. He, he almost didn't even want to sell them to me. He's like, what are you a date rapist or something? I'm like, no, man, I just want to go to sleep. And well, um, if you don't mind me asking me, what, what, um, what was your, um, 
Children's drug of choice. choice. Yeah, well, I was it was mainly alcohol, but if I could get uh, my hands on drugs, I, I would definitely go for it. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to use additional things, but anything that would help me sleep. So diazepam or roofies, you know, anything that would take me down and allow me to go to sleep is something that I, I would gravitate to. But I was a big, big drinker, big drinker. And that went on for a long time. I moved out of that place. I remember I used to call the maintenance man all the time because anything electrical would just stop working and then it would work and then it wouldn't work and then it would work. One time yeah. I was on the phone and I was speaking to a friend of mine and, you know, I was, I said this kidding around because I, I'm yelling at these beings. I'm like, listen, guys, I'm an atheist. Get the fuck out of my house. I don't even believe you're <laughs> real. You're not yeah. real. Go away. I'm on the phone and I said to my friend, I said, I think my house is haunted. Click. And I call him back and I said, why'd you hang up on me? He goes, I didn't hang up on you. I said, are you sure? He says, yeah, I'm sure. This is a landline, mind you. We don't have cell phones yet. This is a landline. And I said, yeah, well, so I was saying, uh, I think my place is haunted. Click. And I was like, all right. Okay. You guys hey, are just going to keep messing with me. Like, huh? It sounds like the proper messing about you, isn't it? It's it's insane. It's so I, I, I get out of that place and I move into another one. I left in I had a 12 month lease, but I left in 10 months and um, I move into the new place and I say, OK, OK, this is going to be the place. This is where we're going to have the parties. This is where we're going to have the chicks. This is where it's going to be. This is the place. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Tell everybody. And don't you know, as soon as I moved in, the same thing happened all night long and and i was just like so what did i do i bought more alcohol and i bought more drugs and that was that was it i mean that was my lifestyle that was the way i could turn it off and it was the only way i knew how and i didn't know who to go to or who to get help from or what to do with that so i just figured i'm gonna drown myself in in alcohol until this goes away um so it wasn't until years later at about the age of 30 um, when I get married and I have my, my first two children. And um, this is a wake up call for me, right? Because I'm a guy, I'm in my twenties. I don't care. I don't fear death because in the back of my mind, I know that if I die, I'm just going to go back to the light and I'm okay with that. That's a great place. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm living this life you know, that's very self-destructive. And, but when I have kids that changes because now they are dependent upon me to survive. Right. Yeah. And that changes everything. So as a father, I checked myself into rehab and, you know, I, I drove myself to rehab. Who the hell drives themselves to, 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 to rehab? I pull up the car and I'm like, here, take my keys. Don't give this back to me until I'm sober. I don't care how long it takes. And, uh, you know, um, and that's what I did. And, you know, I, I, well, I was sober 15 years plus 17 years. I lost count, but it's around there. And, um, I, and then I went back to college and I finished my degree and I got a good job. Um, and I kind of, found a way to, uh, you know, coexist with these yeah. things. 
whatever they were, right? They, it was almost like you stay on your side of the room. I stay on my side of the room. I can't help you anyway. I don't even know, you know, who you are, what you are, what you want from me. So I'm limited as far as what I can do. So putting pressure on me is not really going to get them anywhere anyway. And, and again, this is something I'll, I'll learn later. So my, um, my marriage falls apart very quickly in about three years, but uh, I have the kids and I'm raising them like a, you know, it's a single dad and I have, I'm, I'm work is I'm doing very well at my job. I switch jobs. I moved to a new company and I, and I do well again and I work my way up um, and I'm, I'm at the peak of my career and I've got my kids and, you know, everything is kind of, kind of normal for me, whatever that is. Right. Um, so I just, I decide to date, I, I figure, okay, you know, uh, maybe I'll meet somebody. Right. So I go online and I'm looking at the different websites because, you know, that's how we do it nowadays. And, um, I, I, I came across this one particular site that I was researching and I, I, what they do to entice you to get you to take out your credit card and join is they show you a couple ladies that live in your area. Right. And they, they gave me four examples. And one of the four, I looked at her and I said, Oh my God, that's my wife. That's my wife right there. I knew it in the moment I saw her, I knew that was her. I put my card, I, I put in my numbers and I let them charge me. And I joined the site to send one email. And I told her, I said, I'm only sending one email to you. You're the reason I joined the site. And you're my future wife. You just don't know it yet. Oh, by the way, my name's Ray. <laughs> and I, and I said it in a funny way. <laughs> Get away from me, you crazy man. Uh, but um, I, did, I did put it in a more comical way. And she found it funny. And she did get back to me. And, um, and we are married. And we've been married since that day. Um, oh, not, yeah, we're still together. So I was right. It was her. And, um, and thank God for her, because I'll tell you what comes next when we meet is, uh, where things get strange again. Um, we were, we were getting serious in our relationship very quickly. And it was the first couple of months and she asks me, so what are your spiritual or religious beliefs? And I was like, uh, <coughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> what are yours? And I was like, whatever she says, I'm just going to say, yeah, that's mine too. So whatever, whatever it was going to be, that was, <laughs> that was going to be my answer. So, um, I said, you go first. And, you know, she withheld, she was like, she was smart. She's like, no, no, really. You know, what do you, what do you, what do you believe? And I said, I, I don't know. I really, I have no idea what I believe. Um, I've been trying to get around to it, but I never, you know, really had the time to put the energy into finding out, you know, who or what, what I believe in. And she said, um, a couple of, a month had gone by and it was close to my birthday and something crazy will always happen on my birthday, which she and I, uh, which I'll, you'll know more in a moment, but this particular birthday, she says to me, um, I'm going to buy you, um, a spiritual clearing. And I said, okay, what the hell is that? Right. Is it like a massage? And she's like, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, this sucks. Are we having cake? She said, we'll have cake, but listen to me. I'm buying you something. This is serious. Okay. 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 So I pay attention 
And she says, a spiritual click. You don't even have to be there. The lady will call you on the phone. She's going to tell you when she's going to do it. Then she'll perform it and you'll feel different afterwards. And I said, um, okay, but we're having cake, right? We're definitely going to have cake. Yeah, we'll have cake. Okay, great. So I wait for the phone call. I don't know what this thing is and, and I've never heard of it before. And I don't know if I'd even believe in it if you told me what it was. Um, but apparently what it is, is it aligns the energy, all the chakras so that you have this direct link with your higher self, right? Um, so the woman calls me on the phone and she tells me what she's about to do. And she says, so, you know, try not to have any appointments today um, and don't make any life changing decisions for the next two or three days. And I was like, okay, whatever you say, thank you. Very nice. Bye. And two hours later, she calls me back and she says she's done. And she tells me a bunch of things that she sees and I write them all down. Um, and I, again, I was polite and I thanked her for her time. And um, she said, if you feel strange, just don't, you know, it's okay to pick up the phone and call me. And I said, all right, I will. And um, sure enough, two hours later, I try to get up out of my office, off my, off my butt, out of the chair, and I'm wobbly. And I'm like, my equilibrium just feels like it's completely off. And I'm I, I, almost like um, it was the feeling across between all the way back when I was in that first apartment and combined with like, I had too much to drink and I, and I was like wobbly going to the bathroom. And I was like, what the hell is going on? What is this? What's, what's happening to me? And this went on for um, the whole night. And I, I, I left work early. I remember I said, I got a headache. I got to go home and lay down. And I did. And it was later that evening when the first, uh, the first time I had ever seen an energy being in the form of a person was in my mind. Okay. So let me explain when I see things, I'm not seeing it with my eyes. I'm not hearing with my ears. Okay. But when I see things, it's in my uh, third eye. So what that means is it's like a, a movie screen inside my mind and that movie screen opens up and then I'm watching a movie. Okay. But the person on the movie screen is talking to me. So that's the first time I've ever seen something that looks like a person talking to me. Yeah. And it's this big guy, big stocky guy. He's got a beard and a mustache and dark hair. And he says these exact words, which I'll never forget. I fucked up. I made a mistake. You can help her. I cannot. I have no idea what that means. I don't know. I don't know who he is. Right. I've never seen this guy before in my life. And an hour later, he comes back and he says it again. And then he again. Oh, and by God. the next day is Saturday, right? Now on Saturday, it starts to happen like almost every hour on the hour. And he just won't leave me alone. It's almost like I'm rewinding a tape or a, a DVD. I'm going back and I'm watching it again over like a loop over and over and over in my mind. And it won't go away. So by Sunday it seems like it's every 15 minutes 
Now, I can't function anymore. I can't drive. I can't carry a conversation. I, I can't do much of anything by Sunday. He's just there over and over. And he's always there. And he's always telling me the same thing. I fucked up. I made a mistake. I you can help way. her out. That must have drove you crazy that, just by that. I, it was I, literally, I would, the breaking point was I was at the store and I was at the counter paying for my stuff. And, uh, and, and the lady, I don't know what I did, but the clerk behind the counter says, are you okay, sir? And I said, no, no, I'm not okay. And I took my credit card back and I, I didn't even take my stuff. I just went to the car and I sat in my car and I put my head down and I said, okay, you know, this is it. I'm, I'm, this is the end of my life. I'm crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm schizophrenic. I'm dead. This is it. I got to get my affairs in order. I got to make sure my will is up to date. I got to make sure my kids are looked after and taken care of. I got to make sure I have a DNR so they don't try to resuscitate me again because I'll be damned if I'm coming back to this place. I'm going into that fucking light that I should have went into in the first place. And I'm, I'm literally thinking that I've got very limited time to get my shit together and make sure my kids are taken care of. And now I have to tell this woman that I just met and I fell in love with that I'm crazy. I'm insane. And if this story is not crazy enough, here's the kicker. My wife, we weren't married yet, but she is by trade a doctor of psychology and neuropsychology. Really? So I'm going to tell a, a doctor of psychology, I see dead people. This is going to go over fucking great. <laughs> you know, it's like, honey, how's the salmon? I see dead people. Can we get the dessert, please? You know, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to be a good day for me, but I, I figure, you know, I'll get the help I need because at least she knows who to send me to right she'll give me a referral and yeah, you know she has you know i gotta tell her because you know she, it's this is gonna eventually i'm gonna break and i'm gonna be have to i'm they're gonna throw me away and 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 throw away the key so eventually it's gonna happen that way and that's the way i see it yeah. so but the reaction i thought i would get from her is not what i got remember this is the same woman who bought me a spiritual clearing and what, as I'm telling her the story of the man, what he looks like and what he says, she says to me, she goes, oh, wow, that sounds like my dad. What? And I said, your dad is dead, hon. And she says, yeah, I know. And she's like all excited and smiley. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I've been to mediums and, and my father comes through, just like you said, front and center, and he's right there and they can hear him clearly. And I'm like, now I'm thinking she's the one that's fucking crazy. Check, please. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what a medium is. I don't even know what that is. And she says, relax, you're probably a psychic medium and you don't know it. And I said, I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. It doesn't sound good. Does it go away? Um, 
and she's she's laughing at me and i said and i said anyway it's it can't be your dad i said because i saw the picture when in her living room back then she had a picture on the mantle of her father and i remember that picture clearly and it did not look like him so i was pretty certain that it was not him so the guy in the picture he was thinner he had no facial hair. He did have the dark hair and the features, but other than that, it really didn't look like him. And she said, Whoa, no, 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 no. She goes, that picture was very, very old. Let me show you what he looked like before he died. And he died or he died young. He died at like 50. And she uh, goes through the phone and she shows me a photo. And I said, oh my God, you know that guy? And she says, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's my dad, silly. And I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do. Like my heart just went into my stomach and I, Man, and I, I was, I, I just froze there. I could imagine I was, I, you, I, your I, head at that time. You wouldn't know what the fuck's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, the, the, I don't know which one is crazier. Is it better for me to be crazy or is it better for me to be this medium thing? I don't know. I really don't. That's so, why you didn't have a choice, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so she she says to me, she goes, um, let me take you. There's a medium that's going to come to our area. She's normally not around, but I know her. She's uh, very highly regarded, very powerful. You guys can sit together and you can chat and you can tell her, you know, what you see and how you see it, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, you can take it from there and you can find you get some validation as to what this is. And I said, that sounds like a great idea. And so we did just that. And honestly, I would I was petrified before I walked into her office and sat down with her. I was I was really scared because I don't know what I want this outcome to be. Do is it uh, insanity? At least I understand what that is, right? This medium thing, I don't have any clue what that is. So I'm almost more comfortable with the known than the unknown because I don't know where that's going to take me. Um, but I, I, I walk in and um, I said, hi, my name's Ray. And she said, oh, you're that Ray. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, she goes, what's up, Ray? And I said, well, I'm going fucking crazy. And she said, ha, 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 have a seat, relax. Tell me what's going on. I said, well, I kind of see people that aren't there. She says, so do I. And she goes on to tell me how her parents had her institutionalized as a kid because she spoke up about the energy beings. I call them energy beings. She calls them spirit, whatever you want to call them. And her parents actually had her locked away for being schizophrenic. But she wasn't schizophrenic. She was a medium. But nobody knew what to do with this. So they just threw her in a place. And that's exactly what would have happened to me. So yes, I, as it, yes mate, exactly. Like you said before, when you, you know, when you first happened, especially with uh, the, the gas incident, you, yeah. how could you put that in words for them to say, oh, right, it, it really has been, you know, it's been serious here. This is what's happened. But no. Um, and, and that's the thing. People and when they don't, when they when they don't understand it, they fear it. Right, that's you right. Know, well, it, 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 the worse. 
if they don't, they don't understand, they're just going to, you know, look the other way, put the person onto somebody else and, you know, and, and run for the hills. That's it. So, you know, I, I, uh, I meeting her, uh, well, then I went through, like, I told her step-by-step step how it happens because first there's the vibrations and then there's kind of like these chills and then, uh, the room starts to change. And I told her everything. i told her about the movie screen. And I, I didn't look any of this up purposely because I didn't want to go in uh, being influenced by something I might have read on the Internet. So I didn't even look up what this is or anything. And I and I took this to her exactly the way I'm explaining it to you. And she says, that is exactly the way I see it. Exactly the way I see it. She says, in fact, that's the way we all see it. In other words, you know, when the dead per when the dead person comes. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, mate. Um, you, when when you found out like the similarities between you and um, the medium that, you get, that your wife um, introduced to, did, was that like? Did you get any any form of like? Was you relieved when? Yes. God. Yeah, yes. You imagine you would be. Uh, yeah, but you thought Shh, I'm not crazy after all. Yeah. But yeah. that was that. Well, that would be good for that, mate. After all those years, I mean, almost my whole life, you know, I had, I thought I knew I was like different. I was strange. I was weird and I couldn't tell anybody. And all of a sudden, you know, now I'm in my forties and I'm telling somebody for the first time who gets me and understands it. And that feeling of validation and relief was tremendous. Um, so she took me under her wing for the first year of this and became my mentor, thank God, because she taught me how to control it, how to turn it on, turn it off. You know, and now I, it's kind of like a, a cell phone now or a mobile phone where I can answer the call or I can put it to voicemail. And, and that's the way I, I can operate it now. But in, it, before I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. So it was overpowering me. And you know yeah. what else she taught me is people who are, start out as mediums, right um and they don't get help from a, a mentor they wind up insane and they get put away because they don't know how to handle it and i was like that that explains a lot right because yeah. that it that i would have been headed that way it was too overpowering for me to function in society so yeah. i definitely would have been put away and i would have been diagnosed with god knows what so um, I could totally see that. So she saved my life literally. And, um, it was about a, a, a year that I spent with her and then, um, it's my next birthday, right? Here it is my birthday again. And, uh, my wife's gifts, she says, uh, let's go away for your birthday. And I said, sure. Where do you want to go? And she says, where do you want to go? And I said, I don't know. She goes, you want to go to a beach or, you know, maybe a resort. And, and I said, no, 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 no. I don't want anything like that. I, I, I want trees. And she says, well, I, I just want trees. That's it. I, I give me, give me a place to sleep and a bunch of trees. I don't care if we have an outhouse. I don't want anything. I don't want people. I, I, nothing but trees, you, me and trees. And she says, okay, if that's what you want. And that's what we did. We went out into the middle of nowhere and we rented a cabin and we meditated uh, for the whole weekend. And it was, uh, it was great. It was just incredible because 
for some reason now I gravitate towards nature and I have a different feeling with nature. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but I just feel like if I'm meditating in a bunch of trees, I feel it's like I'm a tree and, and there, I don't know how to explain it. It's going to sound crazy no matter how I say it to you, but it's, it's just a, I have a different perception of um, all things that are living beings in, in, in all different regards. So, and, um, and people, you know, interacting with people can be, um difficult like uh, if i go to a party i get all these different energies thrown at me and and it's hard you know it's difficult um but with trees i don't know it's just easier so i like them so anyway we're out there and we're meditating and she goes into her bag and she takes out a, a portrait that someone drew and she shows it to me and i said Oh my God, that's your dad. And she said, yeah, I know. This was from one of the first mediums I ever saw. He was a spirit artist. So he could speak to the dead and he could draw the person he was speaking with at the same time. I said, that's amazing because that's exactly the way I see your dad. Me, like that's the shirt that he wears when I see him. And she chuckled because she's like, he was a construction worker by trade. He built houses. So he was like always in work boots and jeans. And he had this one nice shirt that he would break out for Christmas. And that was like, they called it his Christmas shirt. Right. And, um, and I said, yeah, that's the shirt. So when he showed me how he wanted me to see him and, and the other medium, he put his shirt on and it was just, you know, there was no denying that it was him. It was perfect. Like the way this guy drew him. So I was, I said, I got to meet this guy. Who is this medium? I got to meet him. And we, we went to the computer and we typed his name in and got his website and you know, right on the front screen, it said, um, now accepting applications for a two year mentorship program with medium Joe, uh, the deadline to apply is, February 15th. That is my birthday. February. Oh, right. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> I bet you like, so. this will make for a great book, right? <laughs> you, are not wrong. you are not wrong. Yeah. It, well, yeah. So yeah, this is, this is essentially everything that's in the first book is how I came to the realization of you know what's what who i really am what i really am and um this man that i i worked with next um oh i gotta tell you this um you know this guy is so amazing um not only did he teach me so much about mediumship but he taught me about spirituality about the world about you know humanity everything you can think of he was just so um, amazing to me. Uh, I told him, you know, in the first six months, I said, you taught me more in six months than my father did in an entire lifetime. And, you know, he was like really, you know, touched by that, but I'm like, I'm telling you the truth, man. That's, that's, that's the truth. And he, um, so where, where was I going with this? Um, oh, his, his integrity. So he, um, when we applied, 
we it, it was not just like you filled out an application and you got accepted there was no that that's not the way it happened you got an application you submitted it back then you got this really big application that was like a booklet that you had to fill out essay questions and you had to explain exactly the way you see things exactly this exactly that you have to know the difference between intuitive psychic mediumship and really be and elaborate and then if you make it past that then you get the interview and if you make it past that you got one more application you have to do one more test so if he can't prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're the real deal you don't get to sit in his class you don't not this one anyway this was the mentorship he has other classes that you can join but if you want to yeah. be in the mentorship you've got to prove who you are he is fff certified which is probably the hardest certification that a medium can ever get he's worked with the, he's uh, worked with the fbi finding missing kids Really? Um, he's yeah he's worked with a lot of government agencies to try to you know help different situations um and and so but now so i'm applying right for a two-year program and it costs a couple thousand bucks because it's two years it's several thousand actually and um so are all these other people and i and a, a long time went by and i just figured like i didn't get it um and I was a little bummed out. I was like, I guess I'm not good enough or whatever. Right away, my ego kicks in and starts, you know, beating me up. And um, I called his assistant just, you know, out of curiosity. I said, um, so, uh, hi, I'm Ray. I just wanted to confirm that, you know, I didn't get the mentorship because I never uh, heard from back from you guys. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't say that. We didn't, we didn't finalize this yet. She goes, there were hundreds of applications. And I said, hundreds. Okay. All right. Thank you. And, and, and I hung up the phone. Now I'm doing math. Hundreds of applications times thousands of dollars. Okay. We know we're in the several hundred thousand dollars. But I did get accepted into the program. And there were only 11 of us. And I was number 11. He could have had a windfall of money just by saying yeah you're all mediums come on in but he did not he only chose 11 the 11 that he could prove were real yeah that's it and that's i was so taken back by that i said i'm gonna be with this guy forever um i don't want to graduate from the two-year program i'm four years into the two-year program uh, <laughs> just like college it took me yeah <laughs> it took me not 10 years thing. 10 years yeah, to get through four years of school so if you think I'm, about, I'm about all, all the shit that you've gone through from being being so young that would have been for, for you to have, have that that would have been um an incredible feeling mate. it filled it filled in a, a huge void in my life yeah. um and he taught me you know all the things that i, I had experienced and not only that but you know, he's taken me to new levels and heights um, from a spiritual uh, way. I mean, he set me on my path of the second book, which is the the second book is my spiritual awakening. That's why it's called yeah. You're Still Alive, Now Act Like It. And it's because of the pieces and, and, and the things that I learned, I started to, well, there's two, two things that I started to do. One of the things was 
the spiritual techniques that you hear about, like the secret, the law of attraction and things like that. Yeah. I wanted to find, how does that work? Right? Like what are the physics that makes that actually work? Because I'm a big skeptic. So I'm not going to believe it until you can prove it to me. So I'm doing research to find out how this works. And it's actually very, very simple how it works. Um, so, but I study, I'm studying all the spiritual guys that are out there, like Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra, and I'm reading all their books. And then on the flip side of that, I'm reading Einstein, Niels Bohr, Tesla, all the great physicists from the 30s and yeah. 40s. And I'm putting this stuff together and I'm starting. And I also read uh, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung um, because they're Carl Jung, especially you know, reinvented Freud's psychiatry and took it to a whole new level. And that was another piece of the puzzle. Then I went back to college again for metaphysics and I completed my master's degree and I'm working towards my doctorate now as we speak. So all of this information I have now, and this all went into the second book. And as I was writing the second book, when I got near the end of it, I had my awakening. I had my ego, fracture, dissolution, whatever word you want to use. Um, yeah. When the ego fractures, right, the egoic mind that drives us to do things that are self-sabotaging and, you know, reactive and acts tells us to act in ways that we don't want to act. When you break that and you find that you can use your awareness, which is your top level of consciousness is your awareness. Yeah. And it's called that Eckhart Tolle calls it that because we are one of the few creatures on the planet that know we're aware that we're having a thought or we're having an emotion. So we are conscious of our own consciousness and not, not many other animals can do that. Right. So that's our highest level of consciousness. Now, Instead of going to the ego, which goes to the subconscious mind and digs out dirt and gives you the same thing you did yesterday, and that's what you're going to do tomorrow, guess what? You're going to get the yeah. same result. But what if you were to reroute your mind and go up and go to your awareness, which is connected to what they called your God mind in college? It's your higher self that's connected to the universal collective, and you got your information from there. That change, that's a yeah. game changer. If you live your life by your awareness and not your ego, you are, you finally find out who you are. Yeah. Because your ego is made up of your subconscious, which is made up of everybody else in your life. It's not you. It's what you're mother said it's what your father said it's what your uncle said it's what your grandfather said it's what your teacher said at school it's what everybody said about you that defined you they told you how to believe this you have to believe that you got to do this you got to do that you know what that's them so this makes us who we are before we even get a chance as children to decide who we want to be 
And yeah, you need a certain amount of guidance, but I don't need all your dogma. And now I can go to my awareness and I can go straight to my God mind and I can get my answers there. And you know what? I like myself better. I like myself a lot more now than I did back then. Do you think it's because um, you, you are, you finally understood? Um, everything. They nearly understood everything. My family, what do you mean? They, they really didn't um, agree or no, understand. I'm, oh, no, I mean yourself, like yourself, but when you start realizing that everything, like, you, you know, your, your mentor, uh, um, university or college mm -hmm. um do you think it's when you realize then like what it was yeah. all about yeah yeah it all kind of clicked at, at the time yeah. when yeah. i was i was it, writing that second mean. book it, it all came together and uh, here was the defining moment actually um my whole life my big emotion my go-to emotion was always anger because that's what i saw growing up so yeah. that's what i did and and if anything happened if i was sad i would turn it into anger and if i was um anxious i would turn it into anger and if i would whatever the whatever the negative mood was i it would always go back to anger for me i would become angry and what had happened i was working on myself and i was doing a pro a process that i call retraining your brain and yeah. we retrain ourselves to look to our awareness instead of going to our subconscious. And you train yourself to do this over and over and over every time you have an emotion that you don't want to have. And the more times you do this, you will basically, you can't delete the past, but you can overwrite it. Imagine a hard drive is your subconscious mind. You can't delete it but you can overwrite it and put new stuff on top. And that's what we do. And when you get to that point, for me, this is when I knew I was, it was a, a snowstorm was coming and I was at my wife's house. We weren't married yet. We still had two houses and I was driving to, I, I wanted to get home to my house before the blizzard. Right? So I was driving and I had this, I had this expensive car because that was my, my, my father told me that was the thing that you had, you know, he had an expensive car. And so I thought I had to have one. It doesn't mean shit to me anymore, but back then it yeah. did. And I'm driving it and I hit a deer because the snowstorm was coming down. I couldn't yeah, see anything. Yeah. And, and I drove into either the deer ran into me or I hit the deer. I don't know which, but now normally I would have been livid that this, that this, that this happened. Why me? You know, why did this yeah. stupid deer have to get in my way? Why now? Right. But I didn't feel yeah. any of that. I didn't feel any of that. I felt nothing except compassion for the deer. And I said to myself, I don't know who the hell I am right now, but I kind of like it. And yeah. I, got out of the, I got out of the car and I went to pick up the deer and, and don't you, the deer got up. And I really he thought, thought I killed this. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. Got up, stood up. And, and I'm looking eye to eye with a deer. I've never been that close to a deer in my life. And we're just kind of staring at each other. And it's almost like he's saying, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm sorry too. And he walked away. 
He just walked away. Now I look at myself to assess my own body and I'm like, I'm okay. The deer is okay. And I'm okay. I look at my car. It's not okay, but I don't care anymore. Why don't I care about my car? You're looking yourself with that. Oh, yeah. Think of the impact of the. Um, yeah, I don't know. Was you, was you drive? How fast was you driving? You don't mind me asking. I, uh, you know, I really wasn't going very fast. Maybe thirty miles an hour. But when you hit a deer, a deer is big, right? And oh. you hit a deer, they tend, they often come right through the windshield. So it kind of goes up on your. Um, they're top heavy, so they come at you, and yeah. and then it rolled off and went into the street, and it just went do 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 do. And I knew that my car took a tremendous hit, um, but I just pulled over and I just got out and I checked out the deer and uh, the, I was going to call my wife. And I was, you know, I got back in my car and I was about to call her and then I stopped and I hung it up and I said, do I really want to call her? You know, what, what will happen other than I'm going to upset her? Like, what do I get out of that? Nothing. No, I'm going to dump my problem onto her. This has nothing to do with her. She's got two small children. She has two small children. My kids are older. And, you know, she doesn't need this shit right now. So I didn't, I, there's no reason for me to call her and tell her, right? So I drove the car and I put it right in the body shop, which was very close to my house. And I took an Uber to my home. And again, I didn't tell anybody. And I went in my house and I went to bed. I didn't lose any sleep. I wasn't up all night. I didn't care. It was total detachment. And I woke up in the morning and my son comes running down. He goes, dad, somebody stole your car, man. And I was like, no, no, I had an accident. Just relax. And he's like, what? You had an accident. You didn't call me. I can't believe you didn't call me. If you had an accident, you should have called. And I said, whoa, slow down, man. This is why I didn't yeah. tell you. Because I didn't want you to react like this. I'm yeah. fine. It's just the car. And he's like, I don't know who you are or what you've done with my father, but, but can you please bring him back? <laughs> he could not understand, you know, who I was and neither could I, but I liked it, you know? Yeah. And, and eventually they liked it too, because I saw things from a different perspective. And then it's, then it, then it just, I saw everything from a different perspective. It's yes. like, I, I told my wife, I said, I don't care if I live with you in a cardboard box or if I live with you in a mansion, I'm going to be just as happy because I'm with you. And that's the truth. And that's all that matters. That's it. Yeah. None of this other stuff matters. And she's starting to get it now and she's getting into it like, you know, even deeper. And, and, um, and it's, and now I have, and I coach other other people and I teach other people this and they're learning and I watch them have this aha moment when they're like, you know what, Ray, nothing really fucking matters. And I'm like, right. <laughs> nothing really matters. That's it. You know, it's like your family and love and that's it. And nothing else matters. I think, and you know, some of me, right. Sorry, sorry to interrupt on this one. Uh, I'll take a minute. Um, I think how, how I look at it is, how it's been for you all this time and now for you to be teaching other people like who were similar to what you experienced you, you're teaching them mm -hmm. 
think that's that's brilliant. That man. That really is. You actually you're actually using like your your gifts. Yeah. Your passion, your knowledge. That that is brilliant, mate. Thank you. That's yeah, that's why. Um, yeah, that's so I, I quit my job. I mean, I just I had a great job with great benefits, salary. And I and I yeah. just I, I called my boss and I said, um, you know, I'm giving you two months notice. Uh, it could be three. It could be six. I don't care however many months you need to replace me um, yeah. because I just I can't do this anymore. And he's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And I said, neither did I, pal. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this it didn't align with my life anymore you know it just didn't uh it, it didn't give me the same pleasure that it gave me no pleasure actually so um yeah. you know I, I i jumped ship so to speak and i went back to college and i started writing these books and um the books are really doing well and i'm very grateful for that um and, and the coaching practice is is going well also and i'm grateful for that that's my story. Yeah, that is um, great. All the way. It's. Yeah, it was quite, uh, quite, a, quite a ride. I gotta tell you. Yeah, it's um, it's just so fascinating, especially when like the realization that part of it. I love that bit. But for you now to have uh, taken such a, a huge step from like. A different, completely different career path, but doing something that you love and something that now you understand. Yeah, and I make way less money. <laughs> make no mistake about it. I make way less money, but I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I think that, that that's a huge thing. Is it is people are just money mad, and it's mm -hmm. not all about money. It's about like doing what what you what you love. Yeah. Yeah. Helping the think, next person. Yeah. To think as well, mate. Um, you're lucky to be even be here. Mm hmm Yeah. Oh yeah. I sure am. It's a fascinating story, man. Thank you. Fascinating. Thank you. I mean, you know what as well with your books? I mean, it must be yeah, it's like all, all authors, you know, it is, um, it really is huge writing a book. How long did it take you write your first book? I'm sorry, you, you broke up a little bit there. What, what oh, did you say? Okay. How long did it take you write your first book? Oh, well, technically, um, the first book is really like took my whole life because it's I, I yeah. started with childhood and went all the way up to uh you know, I mean, but to put it into production and, and actually get it out there um, yeah. was probably three years for the first one, two years really? for the second one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pure yeah. for than that. And I, I didn't want to publish it because, you know, my book is a tell all and I don't hide. I don't hide anything. I don't sugarcoat anything. So there's a lot of yeah. my stuff that I'm not proud of that's in there. But I think you, you have to understand, you know, where I came from to appreciate where I am now. And yeah. that's that contrast. I, I felt like it had to be in both books. Yes. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, and the second book, um, did that say you roughly at the same time or was that? Um, that was two years um, 
from the publishing of the first book, it, it took two years to get that one on a shelf. Yeah. And uh, there will be a third one. I don't know. I'm not going to put a time frame on this one because um, it, it's, it's going to be a little bit, a little while, but uh, eventually there, there will be a third one for sure. Brilliant. Yeah, you have to keep Thank you up you. on that one, mate. Thank yeah. you. Well, yeah, mate. Um, wow. <laughs> it really is a, an honor speaking to you, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I, I really oh. appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to connect. Yes, I know, mate. I know. Um, but um, before you go anywhere, mate, would you like mm -hmm. to let everybody know where they can you know, get all the other, any questions or, mm. you know, plug your yeah. book sales. Yeah. You know, so the, you can get the books, um, uh, either Amazon, Barnes and Noble, just any, any bookstore, whether online or, or offline. Um, they're pretty much everywhere now, um, in all countries. Um, and, uh, the, my website for, uh, coaching and contacting is raycatania.com. So that's R-A-Y-C-A-T-A-N-I-A.com. And um, you can contact me through that site um, for any any reason. If you're interested in coaching or you just have a question or whatever, I try to do my best to answer every question that I get. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to say that. Thank you, General. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem. Um, what I'll do is... I mean, I'm going to stop recording it in a minute, but don't go anywhere though, mate. There's a couple of things I want to ask you. Okay. But, Ray, honestly, mate, I love that. That was brilliant. Thank you. It really was. Right, I'll stop thank recording you. now, mate. But uh, thank you very much again, mate. Thank you. Thank you. As we move forward, anytime you come closer to something, your vision should get clearer. Am I right? You are a tool in the hidden hand that's using you Please don't be delusional The rulers of this world practice confusing you The people and the police and the imams Have been jammed by government scams Minds systematically programmed Blatant black hatred and racism The way they lace the whole world and nation With traces of Satanism This place is a pagan prison The founding fathers enslaving intentions Were no different than Bush's and Reagan's vision 1776 took action This Illuminati took form Spawn from a Colombian faction to send your one dollar bill over. And if you want me to expose the true code of deception, I will show you. We live in a designed wicked system. The number 13 is consistent in Masonic symbolism. It represents transformation. 12 completes the cycle, so 13 was rebirth and regeneration. The meanings of the symbol are strategically hid. On the left side, you see a 13 layered pyramid. Over that, since the all seeing eye with the light. Shines a sign of the devil watching over you at all times. The words Anna with Coeptus 13 letters meaning he has favored our undertakings. Will you accept this? Or will you learn the science and ignore them? Under the pyramid, you see Nova's Ordos of Chloram. Translated, new order of the world, or the new world order. Authors and satanic fathers of mass slaughter. The eagle that you see on the right sits below 13 stars for the shield that has 13 stripes and an olive branch in his claws with 13 leaps, which is supposed to be in his talent to represent peace. But peace was always on a decrease. His other claw 
holds 13 arrows of war Set to be released And the letters at the bottom of the pyramid are fixed With the Roman numerals that equal 1776 The United States of America exists In a deep devilish abyss With truth and paganism mixed Every president that ever lived was foul They gather at Bohemian Grove Where they bow down before the owl See the owl is wide from siege to the darkness of night And there's a small one on the dollar near the one on the top right It ain't hard to understand this government was never for us The eagle was based off of the Egyptian hawk Horus Thirteen colonies who went to wicked sovereignty And made no apology for the obvious idolatry Subconsciously, we followed the ways of the beast And pay homage to pagan gods when we say days of the week Like Sunday, they worship the sun Monday is moon day Tear, the god of war, was worshipped on Tuesday Odin, the chief goddess who Wednesday is named for Thursday is Thursday, god of thunder, the mighty Thor Friday was named after Frigga, notice the pattern Saturday is the Roman god of agriculture, Saturday Frigga was the goddess of love, the wife of Odin The polytheistic theology needed to cope The rituals like trips across the sand as man takes The skull and bones fraternity, the secret handshakes would understand He receives only 33 degrees, he secretly believes in Lucifer and other deities Many powerful and rich people are controlled by bees They even hold the soul of several of your favorite MCs Politicians telling lies, tongues riddled with thorns And use hand gestures shaped in the form of devil horns You don't feel this any harm cause you don't know what it entails Same tablets with stem cells and sprays chemtrails The so-called holidays are hypocrisy Established to use religious doctrines to commit annual robbery Christmas split in half as Christ mass The so-called birth of Jesus where every home has glowing lights cast Christ the anointed one mass, the birth celebration But Jesus' birth was kept secret due to the situation The king initiated a death plot Cause the Messiah was prophesied to rule So Jesus' murder was authorized No one knows the actual date That's why sometimes you see Xmas X means unknown but ignorance affects us A fraud that was purposely flawed December 25th, the birthday of the wicked ruler Nimrod His whole disguise was part of Satan's universal wise A holy prophet's life being pimped and commercialized Traditions like lights on trees Rooted in the Nicene Council in 325 AD Constantine, these matters were decreed The concept of a virgin birth was actually conceived and then agreed With graven images in the temple The fish on your car is called Onus, a Babylonian symbol It's visibly contradictory Telling your children lies, you need to make them study Santa Claus's sick history But yet we go wherever Satan leads us The falsehoods we practice in his name ain't got nothing to do with Jesus Yeah!